Hello, everyone. I'm Armstrong Williams, and welcome back to our podcast. Boy, it's not podcast. It's a strong cast. Strong, strong cast. Anyhow, well, you know, so recently I had an opportunity to be a judge at Nifty, uh, the innovators and the creators of the new apps, of the new ideas, of these inventions of things that are lacking in society to make life better. And what was interesting about the, the Nifty scholars and those who have made it through the rounds to get to the semifinals and the finals is that their creations are just unbelievable. It gave me such hope in the area of STEM, the science, the technology, the engineering, and math of what these young, young, young adults are really producing and that they're serious. But anyhow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gradually walk you through the day um, what Nifty is about, how they come up with these creations, and how these creations are so unique. So let me introduce my guest. Brendan Elliott won, won, and I was a judge, he won the contest. Uh, he's a DC finalist. Brendan, welcome to the Strong Cast and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Are you nervous? Somewhat. <laughs> That's great. You'll forget about that nervousness in a little while. Artie Shala, Shala is a graduate of the Nifty program. You made it all the way to uh, the national competition in New York. So tell us, how, how does it work? Tell us from the beginning, get into the semifinal, get into the nationals. Break it down for our audience. So first you start uh, at the classroom level. So the classroom that you have as a Nifty student with your teacher, you compete against your classmates. Um, and then you the, the top, the first place from the classroom, I believe, progresses to the regionals. So you're at the regionals um, and then there's like a semifinals where they eliminate uh, the first couple few. They, they eliminate at the regional level. So I was in the DC region. So after I won first place in my classroom, I went to the DC regional semifinals. And then after that, I progressed to the top three. So the top three was like the actual regional competition. Um, and then you go to another competition after that. That's where the, the only the top three from the semifinals go to compete. And then your judge, like that's where you compete and present your project in front of like a crowd and stuff like that. Once you win at the um, the top three for the regionals, I was awarded fifteen hundred dollars for doing that, um, and then I progressed from there to the national uh, competition. I didn't win there, but I got an honorable mention as the Ernest Young Global Entrepreneur of the Year, and I won another five hundred dollars. So uh, competing at the national competition. Even if you don't win, you get a lot of you know exposure and stuff like that. But that comes after the regional semifinals. So now, Brendan, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to dig a little deeper with you. What are they? What are they looking for? What What is the creativity? Um, um, what are the innovations that really catches the eye of the judges and bring about you to move through the process to the semifinals to the national? What is uniqueness about what your generation is actually presenting in the marketplace? Uh, I guess they want something creative. They want the next new good idea. Um, yeah. Oh, you got to tell me more than that. Come on, come on. You got to get deeper than that. So, so talk about. I tell you about. Let's just use you as an example. When did you first learn about the program? Uh, this year. This year. Given your personality, which is an interesting personality, because I can tell you are shy. Obviously, something got your attention. You said, oh my goodness, this is something I could do. So tell me about it. Tell us about that moment. Uh, it was just a chance to expand on my idea and really develop it and turn it into a project. So what was the idea? 
Um, I create travel games. It's called Road Trip Fun. And they're used in the car so kids and their parents can play games or just the kids in the back seat. And it's designed to get kids off of their electronic devices in the car and make more memorable moments in the vehicle. What, what brought you to this idea to bring about the awareness that this, this was something necessary and give parents an alternative in the kids to get away from their mobile devices and do something more substantive and more educational? Well, I know in the past, travel games were a really big thing. A lot of parents use them. And then recently, everything has switched to electronics, where kids are just watching TV and playing video games. And I kind of just thought it would be a good idea to try to shift back away from that and get back to the travel games where you could look outside and see things and just make those moments. And maybe as you're playing, you can learn something. Like, you see a license plate, and you're going to record that on your game. But then maybe you can learn the capital, too. So you're learning something as you play. So, so I, I want to go a little deeper than that. So what brought you to the place to make you realize, first, that this is something that's necessary? Was it traveling with your parents? Was it hearing stories about your friends? Was it reading something? Was it watching something on TV? And what made you feel as though you had the capacity to create it? Uh, well, I created it in the car ride when I was with my sister. Um, we didn't have anything to do, and we just had a notebook and paper, pencils, and we just created one of my games. And that's kind of how it all started. And then I thought, this is a good idea. I should branch this out. So, so how did you everyone, branch it out? Uh, I started making it at home, and now I'm trying to sell it to other people. Have you been able to sell any? I've sold a few hundred dollars worth. A few hundred dollars worth. And what has been the reaction? A lot of people have liked it. The parents like the idea of getting the kids off of the electronics and looking out the window and interacting with each other. So let's stay in the space of electronics. You, in, you put something together that was very unique, uh, something that people just use constantly. In fact, in my opinion, they use it a little too much. The iPhone, whether it's the 4, the 6, the 8, the 10. But you saw something that was missing. And this happened before the 10X was ever brought into the marketplace. So Artie, tell us about how this all began for you. So my product is the Cloud Charge Wireless Charging Case. It's a case for the iPhones that are, you know, the iPhone 6, 6S, and 7. Basically, um, I was shopping for a new phone. Uh, and this was, you know, during I had been in the Nifty class. And then our teacher was like, she told us, if you want to make a business, you have to find a problem and think of a solution. And so, you know, I had thought of some ideas, brainstormed a little bit. But then it didn't really hit me until it was a problem that I could personally, you know, relate to. So I was shopping for a new phone, and I was looking at all the new features that phones have, you know, face recognition, uh, thumbprint. But one thing that a lot of Androids had that no iPhone on the market had had at the time was wireless charging, which was something that was really interesting to me because a lot of my friends had it on their phones, and I just thought of it as something really convenient that I would be using a lot. So I was thinking, you know, I like the iPhone, I like iOS, but... I don't, I don't want to, you know, buy a phone that doesn't have wireless charging. So I wanted to meet somewhere halfway, and I thought, wait, this is a problem that I can fix, you know, with a business. So I developed the Cloud Charge Wireless Charging Case. It's an adapter that allows you to put your phone into it. Any iPhone 6, 6S, 7, they all fit into it. It has a prong here for the uh, lightning cable, and then it enables, it's an adapter that enables it to use wireless charging. The same as the newer iPhones would use, you know, the iPhone 10 and iPhone 8. It, it's... 
it, it's been just like an adapter, so you can use wireless charging on any of the older iPhones. You know, I believe that absolutely uh, our youth are born with gifts uh, and talents, but it takes an environment to develop those talents, to make them thrive, to make, the, make it a reality. Talk about uh, what it is that your parents were able to do early on to get you to the place where you could be as creative as you are today? Was it reading books? Was it certain assignments that you played? Were there certain games that you played together? Conversations that you had? Talk about the parents and their involvement in helping you reach your creative potential. Uh, well, a lot of it was, yes, with the books. I did read a lot of books. And also, I was just given a lot of opportunity to branch out and kind of do what I want. And wasn't given a lot of instructional background. I was just allowed to go out and play in the backyard, didn't have a lot of stuff to do, so I kind of used my imagination and do it, that type of thing. But I'm sure your imagination did not start with road trip, the car bingo. Uh, what else have you been, was been, has been in your wheelbarrow that you thought about um, that is, uh, there's a need in the marketplace? Um, I've been thinking about branching out to different games. Um, not really sure. Not really sure. Um, is this game completed? Is there much more, more, more work that needs that is involved in this? Is, are you continuing to, to perfect it? So these two are completed. These two um, games are completed. I am going to work on making new games. New games. Like, but would it be an extension of these games? Yes, it would just be more notepad games, just yes. different versions. Okay. And, and I, want, I want you to get back to the educational value of these note games to our audience. Talk about the, the value of education in this. Okay, so for this one, this is the road trip fun car bingo. So you can look out the window and you see when you pass the things that are located on the game, like stop signs or intersection signs, then you cross it out and you try to get five in a row. And that just allows you to interact with your family members. And then on the back, we have three different games. Hangman, for example, it's the one where you spell out words and you have to guess the letters. That's always fun. And then Mighty 3, which is dots and lines, where you connect the boxes. And then just the standard tic-tac-toe. What about, how did you get this manufactured? How did you end up, talk about the process of putting, this is a nice package. Talk about the process of putting this together. So I make it at home. I print the paper, then I cut it, then I have to press it, then I have to bind it. And then I use adhesive on the top to make it so it's a tearaway. And then I put in the pencils, put it in a bag, and tie it. You do all this at home? Yes. What happens when you outgrow the business, which is going to happen? You won't be able to do it. I'm going to look for a printing manufacturer so I can get it printed, and then at least I have the paper part done so I can make it at home, and then hopefully I can find a manufacturer who can bind it for me. Have you ever thought about a toy company? Uh, no. That would be ideal, yeah. a toy company to partner with. Talk, talk about your concept, how you are able to develop yours, and in that process. So when I first developed it, um, it was a research and development type thing. I wasn't the when I first wanted to make it. I wasn't aiming for you know mass production and being for resale. I wanted to just make a working version of it. So I actually, as a student, I was able to apply for a free version of a software called Eagle Circuitry, um, which is a circuit design software that allows you to you know make chips and stuff like that. So I did a lot of research into how wireless charging works. And then I designed a chip on um, the software online, and I created a really slim, you know, chip that fits inside this case for it to 
it's basically I created a chip that has a voltage regulator to regulate uh, the input of the wireless charging so it's on the same voltage and amps as the iPhone so that way you know the iPhone can charge it without overheating and then I attach that voltage regulator to a Texas Instruments commercial use QI receiving chip so that was placed onto the um, chip and I was able to connect them on the circuit design and then I 3D printed an initial prototype in my case and then after doing that I took all the blueprints and all the um, design elements that I had used and I reached out to a uh, mass production company in China, in Shenzhen, China actually and they were able to uh, get me a good price on the development of a hundred units so I sent them in all the blueprints of everything that I um, used to create the prototype and I had them create one for me to see how it would look with their with their equipment and they sent it to me and then I told them you know it was good or actually there were some things that I wanted to improve with the plastic with regards to the plastic and the packaging but after all that was settled out and after they sent me the sample I was able to get you know a finalized mass production um, and now they have you know a, a deal with me where I can order a certain amount of units from them whenever now, how old are you? Uh, I'm 16 years old. I'm turning 17. In You're month. just 16? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But let me come back to you. I want you to talk about, you know, because I'm so impressed, okay, as a father. I'm so impressed that the fathers are with their sons today. Normally, it's the mothers. And we love our mothers. But I think it's so important that fathers are involved in their sons' lives. It just warms my heart. Talk about your parents' involvement and how they played a role into getting you where you are today. I mean, you're only, he's only 16 years old. How old are you? 17. Seven, oh, my goodness, they're babies. They're babies. So talk, talk about your parents. So when I was really young, um, I always had, like, an interest in electronics and robotics and stuff like that. Uh, my dad actually bought me a Lego NXT robotics kit when I was... I forget how old I was, but I was really young, and you know he helped me put it together and figure out how to work it and stuff like that. And with that thing, I had done tons of coding and programming. It's like a little robotics development kit for kids with Legos. So that you know definitely sparked my interest up. And also, uh, he let me you know he gave me his computer, one of an old like TIE machines computer to use and tinker around with uh, when I was really young, and that definitely sparked my interest in computers because I had been playing video games. But now that I had, you know, my own computer to use for freely, I was going into other things like learning how to, you know, tinker with games. And then from there, it just became an interest in coding and website development. And all that, you know, just just by, like, giving me the resources that I need to spark my interest, my parents, you know, sort of gave me the foundation that I needed to follow what I was interested in and research and learn on my own with the Internet. How important is it that you have your father's support and belief in what you do? Um, it's really important to me because, you know, it feels good to know that, you know, what I'm doing is something that my parents will support me in regardless of like, you know, even if I fail, they're still going to be like, okay, you know, they're not going to say, don't follow, don't follow this dream, go do this. They're going to be like, okay, you failed, but you can get back up on your feet and keep going. You know what I mean? Like, my parents, uh, it's good that my parents support me because it helps me, you know, have confidence in my own idea and persevere. So, when do you have time, Brendan, for everything else? Because you're still in high school. Yes. So, how do you balance out the classroom, the demands, the expectations? How does that work? You just fit it in. Well, you just got to tell us how you fit it in. I need to inquire. Minds want to know. 
Uh, stay up later some nights, wake up earlier to do it before school other nights. And how well are you doing in school? Uh, decent grades, decent. A's and B's. A's and B's. A's and B's. So you don't feel pressure? No. Do you sacrifice? Well, I mean, that's, what, what is it? A sacrifice? I mean, you're building for a career. You're 16, 17 years old. You've got a, lot, a lifetime to have a party and, and all these other things that people think you have to do when you're young. What you're doing is building something for yourself now so you can build stability for your future family and also seal early on what you want your profession to be, to be. And it sounds like you really want to be an entrepreneur. You don't want to work for somebody. Yes, I'd like to be an entrepreneur. And why do you want to be an entrepreneur? You can kind of take control of your life. You are in charge of what's going on. You're managing your own company, for example. You're coming up with the product. You're in charge. It's your job to get it out. And in, in, in the end of the day, however much money you make through that company, you get a pro, uh, percentage of it. So. And outside of your family, is there anyone out there that has been an inspiration for you? Um, teachers. Teachers? Oh, teachers. Teachers. So you have a lot of respect for your teachers. Yes. So talk about how do you balance it, Artie? So for me right now, um, school has been really intensive. So I'm still working on Tech and my business. I'm still working on my website. Uh, my website's under renovation and stuff like that. But as of now, because I have no inventory, I have a little bit more time for, for schoolwork and stuff like that. But before, especially last year when I was actually in the nifty classroom, um, the way I would balance it is really just making sure you have a solid plan for time management. So I had a little calendar notebook with all the days of the week on, for each month on each page. And I would just assign this day I'm going to work on this. This day I'm going to work on this from this to this time. And just by doing that, you actually find yourself having a lot more free time because if you don't plan it out, what typically happens is you find yourself just sitting around doing nothing, trying to figure out what you should be doing. But if you have it planned out ahead of time, you don't have that like time where you're just, you know, intermediary time where you're wasting time. You know what you're going to do today. You know what you're going to do from three to not five o'clock. You know, it's just like making sure you understand, like you have a strict organization for yourself. So that way you can get things done on time. What do you feel has been your challenges, Brendan? Um, figuring out the most efficient way to make my product. But once I figured that out, now it's smooth sailing. I can get it done pretty fast. What, what, what was it like before you figured out the efficiency model? It just took a very long time to produce units. But isn't that part of the process? You keep tweaking it in monitoring it, trying something, doing it different, and eventually you get to where you want it to be. And remember, you're 17 years old. No businesses, I've ever known any business, they ever get to perfection. There's always something to do when you add in employees, when you're expanding, when you look at administrative costs, hidden costs that are that's unexpected. Businesses always takes on a life uh, of its own. Are, there, are, are you guys an anomaly? Are there more young people like you in your classroom? that you communicate and have the same ambitions, the same discipline, the same respect for their parents and their parents are involved in their lives. Are you, would you say you're an exception? Are you just, this is normal for you. This is what you see every day in the kids that you associate with. Well, there are definitely a lot of kids who have a lot of ambition with entrepreneurship. And I wouldn't say that I'm an anomaly. I think really a lot, kids have, I think most kids have the potential to do what they want to do. And they have, you know, like the skill set and stuff like that, but it really just comes down to 
um, the, the, the line of the sand is the kids who are motivated to take it further and the kids who just have the ideas. Because I, I know a lot of my friends who have great ambitions and great, you know, um, like perspectives and ideas and really innovative things. And I know a lot of them who have actually had the motivation to take it further. I have a lot of friends who do like who are my age who do website development companies and they're making good money. But um, like there's a lot of kids who just come up with an idea but they don't really follow through with it and that's I think what distinguishes someone who is successful and unsuccessful is making an idea and really following through with it to the end. So you talked about your parents uh, encouraging you to read um, early on. Why is that reading so important and how has that enhanced you along the way? Well, for one, it sparks creativity. What you read you might enjoy and then branch out from that. If you're reading an educational book where you're learning about some sort of science field, you might want to learn more about it. Like if you're reading a book on rocks, you might want to look more into detail about types of rocks, that type of thing. What about traveling? Have you traveled much? Yeah, actually, my family always, we almost every time when we tra travel back home to Kosovo, um, and we've also, you know, traveled to Canada, we've traveled across, we've traveled to Florida, and traveling actually, um, for me, I think it really enhances your perspective on just, like, the way the world is. I feel like if I've never l left Arlington, I wouldn't know a lot of the things I do know about, you know, how to market to people. Because there's a lot of different types of people in the world that you want to, you know, reach out to, especially in business. So traveling helps you have a deeper understanding of how, like, you know, there's different cultures and different target markets and demographics in different areas. And not only that, but it definitely makes you, you know, more creative of a thinker because you're learning more about an area you've never been to. Or even if you've never been to it, just going to, or even if you've been to it before, going to it over and over again after somewhere, just going anywhere other than home is always really interesting of an experience and I think definitely does enhance, you know, perspectives and understanding of the world. You know, some people will say that social media and many of these um, technological devices do more harm than good for your generation. How do you both use social media and technology? as an advantage, as a footstool, footstool for yourself instead of something that brings about bullying, makes you depressed, makes you lonely, uh, and you get involved with these likes and dislikes, which brings about fake friends from people you don't really know. How do you use the social media platforms to empower you in your business? Uh, I personally don't really use much social media. I try to stay away from that for personal use. Um, but marketing through, I market through a website for my business. Primarily. Now you, did you hear the integrity in his answer? Because he made it very clear at the beginning the reason why he was doing road trip fun to get kids away from the devices and the phones and get them into a more substantive mindset. So how, do you, how did you avoid social media? It almost seems impossible, doesn't it? It's, it's difficult, yeah. So how did you avoid it? I just commit my time to other things, put more time into working on my business or interacting with friends, just going to the park or just going somewhere fun instead of staring at the screen. And you don't feel like you're missing anything? No. Not now you probably have an opposite reaction. Talk, talk about it. Well, uh, personally I do use social media, but I try not to let it you know, take too much of a grasp on my life. But for a business perspective, social media is one of the greatest marketing tools because it's so easy to make something viral and it's really easy 
to gain a fan base on social media. I know a lot of businesses who've completely started all their marketing on an Instagram page, which to me is really crazy because you're basically kickstarting a business on another business's platform. And for me, I use Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Shala Tech. Uh, I post, you know, pictures of my product, and uh, occasionally I'll be doing like coupons and stuff like that on social media and giveaway contests. Where it's a really great way to get promotion because basically what I do is I say repost this picture for a chance to win a free case, right? And so only one person is going to win the free case, but that one person is going to see it and repost it to all their followers. All their followers, maybe one or two of them will say, oh, I want a free case too. They'll repost it, and then from them, one or two followers will also want a free case, repost it, and you can see how the chain just really expands, and it's really easy to make something viral like that on social media. It's free marketing. I spend, 20, I spend less than $10 on making one case and one package, send it out for free, but in exchange, I've gained a large amount of customers or potential customers, although they may have not won the free contest, they're now following my page, they've posted a picture on their page, so I'm just getting free exposure. You know, um, Brendan and Artie are just so normal. And so I noticed, I know people listening to this live show and the strong cast say, but, but do these kids, do they have a life? Do they do normal things that other kids do? Uh, uh, what do they do outside of work? What are their hobbies? Do they know how to have fun? How do you, how do you respond to that kind of question, Brendan? I love outdoor activities, anything outside. I like to go hiking and go on runs. Work out? Yeah. You work out? Run. How far can you run? Um, I try to do six miles, and then every once in a while I'll do like a half marathon run for myself. And that is very important, exercising. Why is that? Just to keep in shape. Keep in shape mentally and physically. And what about you, Art? Uh, I actually do go out with friends a lot. I hang out with you know, my close friends, we just go out to the mall, go shopping, go to get food, um, play video games a lot. Me and my friends will get together, just go to each other's houses and play video games. So, you know, um, I do have hobbies outside of work, just hanging out with friends and stuff like that. You know, um, I, 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 when you grow up sort of as a prodigy and you have these gifts, you know, people, someone may assume that these are your gifts. What are some of the other things that you dip and dabble in that you enjoy? Um, well, I've been looking into, besides just like, you know, business and computer science, uh, I've been, you know, researching graphic design. I want to be, get better at art and drawing and stuff like that because I, I just think, um, like, artistic things are really interesting and it's a great way to, it's a great way to do something productive and still also enjoy yourself. I've been looking into music production as well. A bunch of friends of mine, uh, you know, do rapping and singing, and I've been looking into making beats and stuff like that, because I just find it, you know, it's fun to do art, artistic things and express yourself in a creative way. Brendan? Uh, I also do enjoy graphic arts. I spend a lot of time doing that in school. I've been taking graphic art classes in sixth grade, so that's something I really do enjoy. You know, I, I like art. I, I had an interesting, an earlier conversation with Brendan and his father before the taping, and I love in-depth conversations. And you know, I like surreal art, because surreal art is about patterns. And one of the things that I didn't get to, and when you get the surreal art and the patterns, 
what the pattern is about is a skeleton. It's a skeleton, and you get to put everything on the skeleton to bring that art piece to life. How do you interact? Let's just say, and I know we're getting a little, little deep here. These kids are very bright, so I can get a little intellectual with them. What about patterns in the skeletal forms when you think about graphics, you think about artwork that you were just talking about? Uh, patterns have always fascinated me. Um, there's just something about them that's like, it's almost like it's something natural inside us as humans to be fascinated by patterns. And especially when it comes to music, you have to learn, you know, you, the beat to me is like the skeleton because you start off with a repeating pattern and then you add more sounds that, you know, go off of the specific uh, repeating sounds in the pattern to make it sound nice. Everything has to be, you know, timed out and it's all repeating. So it's all just a pattern with music. And that's, there's something interesting to be about that to like why certain patterns make us feel certain ways why certain types of sound and music make us, um, you know, like music or dislike music. And that's definitely something fascinating to me when it comes to art is like, there's no explanation for it. It's just intuitive to understand how to use patterns to make music and art. Brendan? Uh, I feel the same about it. I think different people look at patterns in different ways. Different patterns draw people also in different ways. Like when I see something that's symmetrical, that just makes me feel something and just looks nice to me while other people might not enjoy that they might see a different type of pattern what about the patterns of this which i'm really fascinated by uh the general layout is just a pattern of itself you have to make sure you have colors spread out so your eyes aren't drawn to one area you can spread it out you know it's true about art you know we've seen the transformation of art especially since the introduction of the of photography, the camera. You know, we used to sit for these portraits, but the camera changed all that. How, how, while yours, what you're doing is artwork, uh, and it's definitely creativity, the interesting thing about it is that none of us really bring anything in existence. It is already there. You just reintroduce what's out there. And I'm, I'm curious about how the intuition of your mind works. So that's also an interesting thing is um, what you said is you're not really making anything that hasn't been done before. You're reintroducing something. And I think at this point in time, um, it's extremely difficult to do something that hasn't been done at all ever. So with my wireless charging idea, for example, I saw that there's something that exists, but it could be a lot better if more people, you know, one of the, the major drawbacks of wireless charging is that it's not as universally popular, it's not as adapted into, you know, everyday life. So I just thought the best way to improve on that would be to expand the user base of wireless charging. And there's so many people, you know, when I developed this product, over 40% of all cell phone owners in the United States owned iPhone 6 to 7, 6, 6S and 7. So that just increases the user base of wireless charging, you know. It's all about just finding something that already is out there and figuring out how to make it so that it's just better for everybody. And that is where you can make a really good product. And, and why don't we say this as, as we wrap it up? I'm so thrilled uh, with this conversation of the day uh, with RT and Brendan because they have parents in an environment 
that helps them understand that the best art form is your instinct. And you've got to have the ability to act upon it. And you cannot push back when your kid is they're expressing themselves because they're really finding their calling. And it happens at a very age. And the fact that your parents have been involved, that you develop this instinct where you stretch out. It doesn't mean you have no idea where it's going. You have no idea what's going to, it's going to, what's going to be the final product. But when you go with it and you have the support, not only do you create something that reinforces and reaffirms you and give you real self-confidence, you create something that eventually makes the world better.